God, I pray that the words that I speak would be your words and not my words. I pray that everyone here is ready to receive your word, receive your whatever whatever it is that you want to say to them tonight, God. I pray that everyone's hearts are open and everyone's willing and wanting to be changed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, surprise announcement all of a sudden. Winter hours start next week from 2 to 5, so don't come here at 9 because no one will be here. What did you say? Closed Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Is that... It's okay, wonderful. Okay, um, so I'm going to start out by reading Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So how many of you want to be transformed by God? Wonderful. Okay, so everyone raise their hands. Keep that in mind as I'm speaking. You want to be transformed by God, so expect it. Okay, so now we are going to go back to Acts, which is what we have been reading. We're going to read the exact same story as last week. We're just going to focus on a different part. Um, so Acts 19, starting in verse 11, last week we focused on the players, right? We focused on the sons of Sceva and the, um, the man with the evil spirit. This week we're going to focus on the spectators, everyone who watched and then their reaction. Okay, so I'm just going to start from the beginning. Again, the exact same passage as, la as last week. Acts 19, 11 through 20. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of the Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Okay, so this is the part we're going to focus on. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also, many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices, and a number of those who would practice magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Okay, so we're going to focus on the people who were transformed. They changed drastically just by what that, that's very small situation. So we're going to look specifically at what happened. Um, so the first thing that happened was that they learned that Jesus had power, right? They saw that the evil spirit was afraid of the name of Jesus, so they learned. And the second thing was that they worshipped. Um, so in verse 17, it says, And fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. So the, they 
feared the name of the Lord, and they worshiped him. Um, the third thing that happened was that they repented. Those who were now believers right, came confessing and divulging their practices. So they learned, they worshiped, they repented, and the last thing that they did was obeyed. So they came and they burned all their magic arts, black magic books, and got rid of them because that's not who they were anymore, right? They were followers of Jesus. So for them to have these books is not good at all, right? They're inviting evil spirits into their house by having these books. So they burned them, right? They obeyed. Um, just because everyone's probably curious, uh, 50,000 pieces of sil silver is a $4 million. Um, so just imagine if the people of Arlington came together and burned $4 million worth of um, books about the magic arts, like that's crazy. That'd be a really big fire. Um, okay, so those are the four things that happened to these spectators. They learned um, that Jesus had power, they worshiped, they repented of everything that they had done, and they obeyed by burning up their scrolls and their books. Um, so we're going to focus on that pattern as the pattern of transformation, right? These people were transformed by the Spirit of God, and that's how it happened. Like in Romans 12, it said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's how their mind was renewed, right? They, what did they do, right? They learned, they had a revelation from God. They worshiped, they repented, and obeyed. So I'm going to define revelation because I'm going to be using that word a lot. I'm not talking about the book, so don't get confused. Um, this definition is specifically for a revelation from God. You can have revelations of all sorts of things. You could be in math class and be like, I understand now. That's a revelation. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a revelation from God. So the way I have defined it um, is it is insight, information, or realization about yourself, a situation, or a, uh, a relationship, or God. So it's just God has shown you something about something. Um, Okay, so I'm going to go through some patterns, um, some different parts in the Bible where we see this pattern played out. Um, the first one is I'm going to talk about David in 2 Samuel 12, where he um, commits adultery with Bathsheba, right? So his revelation, the first step, comes when Nathan tells him, hey, David, this is what you did, right? And so the David all of a sudden realized that he had sinned, right? That was his revelation. Crap, I've sinned. Um, then what he does in response is he repents. He said, I have sinned, and he worshiped God, worships God. And then for the obedience part, the last step, his obedience was the repenting, right? And he didn't commit adultery again, right? Um, the second example is Isaiah 6. I'm actually going to go to Isaiah 6 and read that. All right, so Isaiah 6, starting in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And he said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of an unclean... I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for the eyes have, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. So you see the pattern in this short little passage. The revelation that Isaiah had was he saw the glory of God, right? He was in the throne room and he saw the seraphim chanting, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. He was flabbergasted, right? And his reaction to that was worship and repentance, right? He said, woe is me, I am a man of unclean lips. He was repenting to God saying, I am not worthy to stand in your presence. And then he obeyed, right? God said, who, who will go for us? And he said, here I am, send me. He obeyed the call that God was calling him to. Um, the, next, the next two examples are a little different. I thought this was really cool. Hey, a disclaimer. Sorry, I should have said this earlier. Everything that I'm saying right now is basically what Don Beecham said at Grace University last Saturday. So this is not mine. <laughs> Okay, now, um, so this, the third example is the entire book of Ephesians. Wow. So, I'm not going to read the whole thing, don't worry. You should do it later, but we're not going to do it right now, we don't have time. Okay, so the first three chapters of Ephesians are Revelation. Um, so I'm going to give you some examples. So in verses 1... Chapter 1, verses 4 through 10, it says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, blah, 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 blah. You get the point. Like, it's revelation. And then in chapter 2, the whole thing is revelation. I'm just giving examples. Um, chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In um, verses 13 and 14 of the same chapter, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken us down in the flesh and dividing wall of hostility. This is all revelation. Paul is telling us about what God has done for us, right? He's telling us what we can do. And then in chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, he worships. He says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. Right? He, he, he takes some time to give three chapters of Revelation, and then he worships. And then in verse, chapters 4 through 6, it's things we need to obey, how to live a godly life. Um, some examples, um, verse 1 of chapter 4, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Um, same chapter, verses 22 through 24, to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. That's what he's calling you to do. To obey is to 
put on your new self and be like Jesus. Um, so I just had more examples, but it's fine. Um, and then the next example, the last one, is the entire book of Romans. I'm not going to read the whole thing of that either. Don't worry. It's fine. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> so chapters 1 through 11 are all revelation. Um, chapter 1, verse 16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That's what he's, he's, the revelation that he's telling you is that Jesus is the power of God for salvation. Like you can be saved and this is how. Um, chapter six, verses one through three. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Like he's telling you, do you not know this? Like we can't continue in sin, right? We have grace now. Um, in chapter 11, verse 36, he worships. He says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. And then that's the very end of chapter 11. And then from chapter 12 to chapter, there's 16 chapters, yes. From chapter 12 to 16, it is how to live a godly life, the things that you need to obey, um, right? He just gives lists and lists, um, you know, chapter 12, 9 through 21, where it's like, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, and so on. Things that you need to obey. He tells you all these great things about who God is and what you can be and who you are, and then he tells you what to do about it. So now that you know these things, this is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to let love be genuine. I'm asking you to hold fast to what is good. I'm asking you to not be haughty, right? That's, that's your response to the revelation that God is giving you. Okay, so those are all my examples. Well, it's not all my examples. That's all my examples in the Bible. Now I'm going to give an example from my life that actually happened last Thursday night. Um, after I had spoken, um, I was laying in bed and I was thinking, okay, God, so, so my, what I talked about was, um, right, surrendering everything to God. So I was thinking, God, is there anything that I haven't surrendered to you? And immediately, without any, any delay, he told me exactly what it was, um, something that I never would have thought of all by myself. Um, he told me that I was trying to avoid pain at the expense of giving him glory, right? I, that I was um, putting, avoiding pain at a higher priority as giving higher priority than giving God the glory um, above doing things that I need to do for him. And I never would have thought of that on my own. Like, that was God, because as soon as I asked him, he showed that to me. And if all I did was God showing that to me and then I ignored it, like, okay, that's nice. That's a waste of time, right? There's no point on doing that. That is not transforming me. That's just giving me more information, right? It's like when you go to class and they tell you all this information and you don't remember it, and it doesn't mean anything to you, and you're like, well, I forgot it now, and you move on with the rest of your life? What's the point of going to class, right? You're not gonna pass your tests or graduate or get a job. Like, that's, it's, it's the same thing. It's a, you're, you're not gonna be transformed, and you all said that you wanna be transformed, right? Um, and so with that information that God give, gave me, that realization, I have to act on it. I have to worship, I have to repent from the thing that he showed me that I've been doing, and next time the opportunity comes up, 
to give God glory and I have to decide between do I want to avoid this pain or give God the glory, right? I have to take the pain because that's not my priority. That's what I have to do. And if I don't, then I haven't been transformed. I've just been told information. Um, so I'm going to give some examples of revelations that God could give you. Um, so that was my example. Another one is a backwards or wrong way of thinking, such as I deserve the highest seat at the table, right? You may not be consciously thinking about tables because that's not what we do, but you're thinking I deserve to be given this position of authority. That's a backwards wrong way of thinking, and God might show you that. And once he does, you have to do something about it, right? You have to worship, repent, and obey. Um, another thing is God is in control of this situation, right? I don't have to worry about um, what's happening. I don't have to have control of this. I don't have to um, control every aspect of this. I can just let go because God is in control. If God shows you that he is in control and you still try to take control of yourself of every aspect, you haven't, you haven't obeyed. You've, you've wasted that revelation that God has showed you. Um, another example is that your motives are wrong. This happens to me all the time. It's like an incident thing. Like I think something a certain way, and then God's like, nope, that's wrong. And I'm like, darn it. And I repent immediately, right? I repent. You worship, repent, and you obey. Um, you have an unreconciled relationship. Um, you, you haven't forgiven somebody who's done something to you. You haven't talked to your sister in a long time. I don't know. Hi, Victoria. I've <laughs> talked to her today. Because <laughs> um, if God shows you that, go and be reconciled with them, right? Forgive them. Ask them to forgive you. I don't know. It depends on your situation. Um, another one is that God's already told you something, but you haven't obeyed what he's told you to do. He told you to confess something. He told you to um, start a conversation with your mom, and you haven't done that. Right? That's, that's a revelation from God. It's you haven't obeyed me yet. So worship, repent, and obey him by going do, go and doing that thing that he has showed you. Um, another one is God shows you that you are lukewarm, that you haven't been, been sacrificing for his kingdom the way that you should be. You have put your own desires as a higher priority than his. If he showed you that, work towards changing that. Ask him. To, to change your heart. Um, and the last one I have is that God loves you, right? Sometimes that's not audible, like everyone's heard it, God loves you, but it's a, it's a realization of how deep his love is. Sometimes that happens. I hope it keeps happening for the rest of our lives, right? Because we never fully understand how much God loves us. And what are we, what are we gonna do in response to that, right? We're gonna, we're gonna worship, we're gonna repent, or we're gonna obey. I don't know quite how you would obey that, but everyone has their own situations in their lives that they can obey that somehow. I don't know. So this this is our model, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Whenever God tells you something, whenever God shows you information, insight, gives you a realization about anything, take that and be transformed. Hey, don't, don't waste those opportunities. Let's be aware that God is speaking to us. He's waiting to give us revelations. Be aware, be watching, and then be faithful with that revelation, right? If you, God tells you something and then you ignore it and don't do anything with it, is he going to give you more revelation? 
I don't know, he might, but the more you are faithful with it, the more he's going to tell you, the more he's going to talk to you because you're aware and you're watching and you're listening. When you're given a revelation, be faithful and worship, repent, and obey. The end. Now we're going to get in our groups. We've got discussion, questions. Jessica, you look confused. Oh, the formula. Thank you, Jessica. Sorry, the formula, I guess it was supposed to be on the board. It was R plus R squared equals T. What that is is revelation plus right response. That's the R squared. Um, equals transformation, which is the T. And the right response is worship, repentance, and obedience. And as you can see, it should be like a cycle, right? You get a revelation, you do something about it, and then God keeps giving you more re revelations, and you continue to do stuff about it. Cool. Thank you, Jessica. Okay, now I'm done. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, y'all can get into your groups now, and there are discussion questions on utacornerstone.com forward slash discussion. Oh.